Hello and thanks for streaming this episode from ACF Church. Our hope is that this word would encourage you to walk closer with God and with your local church. We hope you consider partnering in the work God's doing here by joining a life group, serving, and giving. If you'd like to give financially to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so safely on our website at acfak.org or by texting the amount to 907-341-4213. Now prepare your hearts to hear God's word. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Welcome to church. My name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm really excited to be with you guys this morning. If you're a guest of ours, I just want to say welcome. Uh, Thanks for coming and hanging out with us this morning. Um, Also, I just want to welcome our online presence. We have a lot of people who uh, click into Facebook Live and watch us, and uh, it's amazing to see the impact that that has actually been having. In fact, we've been challenging people every week to take out your phones and and just hit the share button on our ACF page and share this live. And it's just been awesome to see how the effects that that has had in people um, just hearing the gospel. And it's been really cool for that. So um, if you're on Facebook Live, uh, welcome. We're glad you're here with us. Like I said, my name is Josh, and if you don't know me very well, I'm one of the pastors here at ACF Church. I'm the family pastor, and one of my roles here at the church is our youth ministry. I oversee our youth group and and teenagers, work with the junior hires and the high schoolers, and it's been a great privilege of mine. In fact, I've actually been working in youth ministry for 15 years now. And so that is like a long time for uh, a, a pastor to be in youth ministry. Uh, that's typically not the case. And so it's been an amazing journey for me to have been in youth ministry. And, and it's just a calling that I had in my life at a very young age. And, and before I was a youth pastor, I was in youth group. And so I have been in youth ministry either participating or leading or overseeing for over 20 years uh, which is incredible because I'm only 25. So, um, you know, it's amazing how that works out. Uh, but youth group has been a huge part of my life. And in fact, I could honestly say that I'm standing here this morning um, preaching to you guys because of the role that youth group played in my life. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm curious how many people in this room are a product of a youth group or a youth ministry. Um, awesome. It's about half the room. Um, is here as a product of youth group. And during my time as a youth pastor, uh, I've seen some pretty amazing things or, and been a part of some pretty amazing moments, seeing, seeing God work in teenagers' lives, seeing a teenager who, who comes from maybe a broken home or, or just a broken situation and, and didn't know that they were loved by God and that realization come into their heart and their mind and just saying yes to Jesus. I've had the privilege of baptizing, man, dozens upon dozens, if not into the hundreds of teenagers throughout my life. Um, I, I've had the privilege of um, moments like, I remember one time a girl came to youth group and she had some serious medical problems. And we just gathered around her and prayed and kind of like thought not, nothing of it. And then the next week she comes to youth group and she's like, you guys, you'll never guess what. I went to the doctor, they ran all the tests and I, I'm completely healed. Um, so I've been able to participate in these moments in, in teenagers' lives from, from counseling to mission trips. I, I've taken, again, dozens and dozens if not into the hundreds of teenagers on mission trips and been able to see like their exposure to a different culture and, and, a, and a different understanding of life and, and, and to see God work through them to reach um, the, the, the orphans and to reach the widows and to reach um, those that are less fortunate. And so it has been such a privilege and such an honor that God has allowed me to do this um, throughout my my life and being part of it and overseeing it. 
but I will say that throughout my career as, as a youth pastor, um, there's, there's been kind of another side of things that I've seen. And, and it, it's been heartbreaking. And, and, and any and every pastor is going to experience this, but it seems to be a trend among young people, and that is young people, youth, walking away from the church, especially after they graduate high school. And, 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 and I don't know how familiar you are with this, but this has been a trend in the church that's been growing and growing and growing, and it's becoming a problem. In fact, uh, LifeWay Research recently did pretty extensive um, kind of research in this. They, they, they polled a bunch of people. They, they got a bunch of college students. They talked to them. And what they found um, was a bit staggering. And when they released their information, I remember it kind of hit the youth uh, pastor community pretty hard, and what they found was that 70% of kids who went to youth group for at least one year in high school, 70% of them walked away from the church when, within two years of getting to college. It's staggering, heartbreaking numbers. Now, what they did find was some of them did come back eventually, um, but for the most part, the 70% was a huge number. The, in fact, they were so big that they felt like they had to title, title them, and they, they called them the dropouts. Like, there, there's a dropout culture, and it's a culture of kids who are raised in the church who are dropping out of church when they get into college. And so, realizing this and knowing this for a little while now, it's, it's, been, it's put me on a journey of like, man, how do we change this? Right? How do we change this 70%? Because this 70% doesn't have to define this generation. And this 70% doesn't have to be a part of who we are. And, and man, we work hard to reach young in, at ACF and in our youth ministry. And, and we, we do things maybe even a little differently than some other groups do. But still, the numbers are high. And, and, and we see that and we know that. And, and as they did the research... They found a lot of reasons. Of Clearly, there's a whole bunch of reasons of why this happens. And, and it's not just youth who can walk away from church. Adults can walk away from church. Like, anybody can. But there seemed to be a trend happening. And, and like I said, there's a lot of reasons why they found this to be true and why they found it to be happening. But there was a couple that kind of rose to the top. There was a couple of reasons that rose to the top. And, and one of the reasons that rose to the top was something that actually Brian, Pastor Brian talked about, I believe, two weeks ago. He talked about extended adolescence. Extended adolescence is playing into young people walking away from the church. Um, and if you don't know what extended adolescence is, um, then you don't have a teenager. No. Um, if you don't know what extended adolescence is, it's this idea that, that for years... Adolescence was seen as a short window of a transition from being a child to being an adult. And that window was like a three to four year window. It was like 14, 15, 16, 17, and then you're, you're an adult. You're seen as an adult. Society sees you as an adult. You see you as an adult. Um, psychologically, you see yourself as an adult. But what has been trending over the last decade is this extended adolescence, and now today... Sociologists and psychologists would say that our society and this current generation, um, adolescence goes up to between 24 to 30 years old. That, yeah, take it in. Take it in. That you have 24-year-olds going, I'm not quite an adult yet. Even up to 30 years old, uh, I'm almost there. Right? We have terms like adulting. Adulting is like, you being an adult, but I, I'm not an adult, but I do things adults should do, like pay my bills, adulting, 
No, you're being an adult. <laughs> it's not a verb. It is who you are. It is, it is what you are. But what happens is we, we have a generation that they don't see themselves an adult yet. And, and we're not here to talk about that. Look, we're not, not going to change this overnight. We're not going to go, well, we've got to help them understand. No, that's not the purpose of what, what I'm talking about this morning. But what has happened because of that, because of that, what is going on is youth groups are now basically graduating their kids out of church. You see, where did youth groups even come from? You see, back in the 1940s, there was this little thing called World War II that happened. And we have fathers and brothers and and, and, and a massive part of our population that leaves and goes to war. And then what you have is you have young people who who need that discipleship, who need those people there in their lives to help them transition into adulthood, but they weren't there. And then after World War II, they come home, but a lot of them didn't. And, and the term teenager didn't even come around until after World War II. And all of a sudden you have this thing of, of these kids who are trying to figure out adulthood, but yet didn't have a, a great transitioning example for them because they were gone and so all of a sudden we have this thing called teenagers and and this teenage culture arises in the 1950s and and all of a sudden society is like well there's these things everywhere they're crazy they're teenagers what is this what do we do with this and the church had the same issues what do we do with teenagers they're weird i don't know what's going on here and so what the church did in, in, in starting in the 60s was going, hey, mom and dad, I don't know if you know it, but you have something called teenagers, and we're going to teach them the Bible for you. And mom and dad said, oh, thank you. Thank you. Because I don't know what to do with these kids. And so youth groups kind of sprung out in the 1950s. And, and they started to grow, and by the 70s, they were a, fri- a thriving thing. And, 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 and in the 80s and 90s, man, youth groups exploded. And, but what we were doing, which we didn't see then, but we know now, is we were building silos as the church. See, what is a silo? A silo is a structure that you build to keep something in it and keep it separated from any, everything else. The corn silo does not mix with the barley silo, Right? And we got to keep these things separated, and not intentionally, but what we were doing is we were building these silos for young people, and we're saying, we're going to teach you the Bible. And, but what we were doing is we were basically creating a whole separate church for teenagers. And it, it wasn't all terrible by any stretch of the imaginations. In fact, there was so many people that got saved through this, but we were siloing them. And... And, and what we're seeing now with extended adolescence, see, what happened then in the 60s and 70s and 80s, we, we, kids graduated and we said, okay, you're done with this church, now you go to adult church. And back then, when kids graduated high school and turned 18, they saw themselves as, as adults. And they said, okay, I'm ready for adult church. And we see, we separated these terms even. We have youth church, adult church. But what we said is when kids graduated, now you're ready for adult church. But here's the problem today is they don't see themselves as adults yet. 
And so, essentially, when we graduate kids out of youth group, they see that as their church. I mean, we have upwards of like 75 junior hires that come here on a Wednesday night, and all they do is come to our youth program. They do not see ACF as their church. And, and man, I've done as much as I could to help them understand that, but that at the end of the day, you have your own service, you have your own time, you have your own events, and you are separated. And so when kids graduated, we get, hey, you can't come to youth group anymore, and we've kicked them out of church. And so... We, we've been going, man, how do we tackle this? How do we change this, this culture that is walking away? And as we were doing research on this and as we were looking up, man, how do we, we we're praying about it. And we're going, God, how do we reach the 70%? There was a verse that jumped kind of off the pages at us, and it's Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. And, and Israel is being taught how to disciple They're being taught how to pass the baton of faith down to the next generation. Listen to this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words I command to you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit at your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be the frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. You see, Israel was commanded to pass down the baton of faith to the next generation. And it wasn't just the responsibility of the family. It wasn't just the responsibility of the leadership of Israel. What we see here, it is the responsibility of a nation, it is the responsibility of a culture, it is the responsibility of a community, and it is the responsibility of the family. You see, it is everybody's job to pass down the baton of faith. He talks about, look, write them on your gates, write them on the posts, talk about them when you're walking by the way. What he's doing is he's saying, talk about them when you, when you walk along young people, talk about your faith. See, Israel was commanded to whenever God did something, they were to build an altar right there. Essentially a pile of rocks. Like it was like, honey, God answered our prayer. Go find some rocks. Right? Let's pile them up in the yard. But the purpose of that was when you were walking along the way with a young person and they went, why is that pile of rocks right there? Oh, let me tell you what God did. Let me tell you what God did, and it was passing on the baton of faith to the next generation. See, what we see Israel being commanded to do is this, is to, first of all, to love God passionately. First, he says, look, have this on your heart. Then impress the truths practically. Teach the next generation. Practically teach them. And then finally, give testimony personally. Talk about what God is doing in your life. And, and the thing that I love about ACF Church is that, man, we are already doing this. That so many of you in this room have, have done this to a young person in their life. In fact, I have just a couple quick testimonies I want to show you guys of how this is already being done here at ACF Church. So I started coming when I was in seventh grade. I went to breakaway and I sat um, on Sunday mornings in church. I came by myself a majority of the time. My family came on Christmas and Easter and every so often. Uh, drug my sister there with me sometimes when I didn't want to go alone. But I went by myself from seventh grade to the beginning of freshman year 
and uh, just felt kind of uh, just kind of alone like sat most of the time in the back and uh, not many people reached out to me because adults saw me and probably assumed my family was here and that I was just like waiting for them to come sit with me or gonna go sit with them. I just felt kind of isolated, but I continued coming. I liked the message and the worship. After church one Sunday, there was a barbecue. It was the beginning of my freshman year and I sat alone that morning at church and then I went outside to stand in line for a hot dog or a hamburger and again, I was alone and everybody's like with their friends or with their families and I was like, you know, they probably assumed somebody was like gonna come stand by me or I was just waiting to go sit with my family. Um, but a lady named Becky Boone came up to me and we started talking and she invited me to sit with her and her family. Her kids are my age, so it ended up being really fun and they ended up inviting me to sit with them every week at church. They reached out to me, invited me over to their house. Then we started all going to breakaway together, always riding together and um, yeah, because an adult reached out to me, Becky reached out to me, uh, I just became a part of the ACF family. And now, as a result, I'm still coming to ACF. Um, my husband and I run a life group through our home and we're trying to pour into the teenagers here uh, just because we both see the value in it and uh, making them feel welcome and a part of the family is such a huge deal. Hi, I'm Emma, I'm 15 years old. I'm going to be a sophomore this year and I go to ACF Church. So about four years ago in 2014, we were PCS'd up here through the military and shortly after that, I started coming to ACF Church with my parents. And then after that, they found a life group and I went with them because I mean, that's what they wanted me to do and I, was the oldest person there, so I was the babysitter. That was my job, but I wasn't too concerned with being around the adults. It was like kids, it's always kids. But then as the years went by, it came around to me that I was a part of this life group and that it wasn't just my parents. I was always included in things. It wasn't just, oh, you're the babysitter, go play with the kids or do something else. It was they wanted to talk to me. They wanted to know what was going on in my life. They care so much about me that this thanks, this past Thanksgiving, I had mentioned that I want to have a birthday party with just them. And I want to get together and I want to have fun with them and celebrate my birthday. But I didn't think it was going to happen. And then one night I came here to the breakaway room and my entire life group was there. They have their own families, they have their own lives, and they took their time to make sure that they plan everything, that everything works well, and they took time to practice worship songs together so that way they could sing my favorites for me. And they took time to make food and make sure that I had a fun time. They have their own kids and they decided to take their own time to come and celebrate me and my birthday. So as my family and I are now transitioning through Moving again in the military, I'm just hoping that we can find another group like this one who has invested so much time and helped me so much these past four years. I hope that we can find another group like that wherever we go next who will be just as invested in me and my family and who love and care about us just as much as the Ratliff family and group has.
good. Did you hear that? A teenager saw adults as her friends. I mean, come on. Like, that's amazing. That, yeah. that just that is not happening uh, in very many places in our society. Um, so I just, I love that. I love that that's happening. Um, we have a heart to see that happen more. And so here's the, here's the deal. Um, we're willing to change anything for the sake of the mission that God gives us. Yeah. And so what I love about our church is I feel like we're a very flexible church. Um, some of you are like, I'm not flexible at all. But we are a pretty flexible church in that uh, we are married more to the, to the, to the mission than the medium. We, we could care less about how we reach people with the gospel. We just want to be reaching people with the gospel. And so we're, we're always willing to take things and let things go. And I just, man, I appreciate Pastor Josh and his willingness, I mean, to, to change whatever it takes to reach the next generation. Can we give him a hand today for being willing to do that? Yeah. It's so good. Uh, you guys came up, what, five years ago? Six, six, years yeah, ago? six years ago. So I moved to Alaska about almost nine years ago, and I came up and started our youth ministry. Uh, we had three kids in our youth ministry, or three students, three teenagers, in our youth ministry, and uh, I was very excited to get things going. We chose the name Breakaway. Uh, we thought it was a cool name, and it would look good on t-shirts, um, but it also simply meant breaking away from your parents' faith and owning your faith for yourself. And that was kind of the vision behind that. And then a few years later, um, the, the ministry grew, and I was able to pass that on to Pastor Josh. And he's done more uh, with our students than I could have ever done with them. And so it uh, just has been awesome to see this. And, and in so many ways, what happens with our teenagers at ACF Church is really successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to understand that this conversation isn't like, oh, what we're doing is just it's wrong or it's bad or what other churches are doing is wrong or bad. We don't see that that way at all. Right. Um, to have over, you know, 100 teenagers coming to youth group is like, that's a, from all outside statistics, that's a pretty good statistic, right? Uh, it seems like success, but at the same time, the reality is uh, t- teenagers are not staying in the church, and we're seeing that as a trend. Uh, even, you know, e- even the best youth pastors are humbled by that reality. If you ever want to humble a youth pastor, just have him call back the students that were in his youth group like 10 years ago and ask them how involved with the local church they are. And I guarantee you, uh, he will be humbled. Because there's just this kind of journey of searching that goes on outside uh, of high school. And so we want to be honest about that. And in and, and my heart, you just need to know, like, I love that 13 to 30 age group. And in fact, we are in a, in a very interesting place as a church in that all of your pastors used to be, used to be youth pastors. And, and, we, and for, for some of you, you're like, that explains a lot. That's why we do things the way that we do, because you can take the youth pastor out of the youth ministry, but you cannot take the youth ministry out of the youth pastor. Uh, it just continues on. And I just know even in my life, I've, see, I've been on this journey of, of being in the church. I grew up in the church. And, and as a kid, you always kind of feel like a little bit of an outsider, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that our first Thanksgiving where I went to our family Thanksgiving, and they, had, they didn't have enough room at the adult table, so they set up the kids table. Did your family do this? So we had like the kids table at Thanksgiving and I remember going like, okay, I get this. We're kind of off in our own room. We're in this, this separate place, separate conversation going on and, and then I remember later on going to a friend's house and we were just making a ton of noise and being really loud and, and my friend's dad was like, I'd never heard this before. He was like, hey, you guys, kids are meant to be seen and not heard, right? You guys had it too. Okay, <laughs> I'm not the only one. So We've all been around that where this is sort of like, okay, I get it, I get it, I'm, I'm kind of on the outside here. And this moves its way into our teenage years and into our, even our, our young adolescent and adult years where we feel sort of like outsiders in our own families. 
And here's the deal, you guys. The mission is too great to separate an entire part of our church and say, hey, when you're a little older, we'll invite you into the journey that we're on. Like, when you're a little older, you can be an effective part of God's church. In fact, I mean, if you just think about it, who did Jesus choose to help establish the church? Teenagers. Did you know that? Probably the oldest disciple was 30 years old. The youngest one was probably 13. And so we were just, we've been thinking about this for like a year. Who would pass off the leadership of the local church to a bunch of teenagers? Jesus would. (laughs) That's what Jesus did. He chose teenagers, those who would be willing to drop everything and follow him. And yet in our, 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 our way of doing church today, we're like, no, you're, you don't have enough education. You can't do enough. You're not qualified enough. Let's just kind of put you on the sidelines. One day we'll graduate you into a big church, adult church. And, and you guys, hear me on this. If you're a teenager, would you look at me real quick? We need you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need you today. Um, and you don't even have to be a Christian to acknowledge that the, the world is getting darker and, um, and sicker in so many ways. And we just see this, the earth is just groaning for Christ to return. And we want to live ready and present for that moment. And part of that means being on mission every day with everyone that we can gather into the family. And, and if you are just wondering, like, what is the way of Jesus? The way of Jesus is that everyone gets a seat at the table. Every one of you, no matter where you've come from, no matter what you've done, you get a seat at the table. There's no, there's no age cutoff in that. Like, oh, you're old enough to be at the table. No, everybody gets a seat at the table in the kingdom of God. And there's this verse in Isaiah 60, verse 1. I want to read this for you. It just speaks of the darkness that we see. It says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, Darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you, and nations shall come to your light. This is just this idea that we still live in today, that we live in between where Christ came to to the earth and, and when he'll return, and we know that things will get worse before they get better, and that the darkness is so dark that we need everybody in the family doing what it is that they were intended to do so that we might reach the world with the good news of Jesus. And so, you guys, listen, I'm so excited about this. I'm willing to give up anything uh, that we do so that we might be more effective for yeah. it. I hope that's your heart as yeah. well. But understand that this is a family movement. Yeah. And the, the shifting that we need to make um, isn't simply just a program shift or a couple little changes. Really, um, our heart for you today is that you would begin to recognize teenagers as part of your family. And that's whether you're a teenager or you're an adult, that you'd look outside of yourself and see these adults as part of my family. Or as an adult, you're seeing teenagers as part of your family and involving them mm-hmm. in your life. And, and Josh has got some great ways that he's thought through of how we can do this better. Yeah, I want to get into that in just a second. But before we do, I want you to understand, like, this is a culture shift for us, in, just in our mindset and how we um, deal with this generation um, and, and deal with youth. And, but what I don't want you to hear today, here, here's my heart, what I don't want you to hear is like, oh, so now they're only reaching to young people, and so if I'm 65 years old, there's nothing for me here at this church. That is not at all what we are saying. Um, this is a youth culture, and I can guarantee you, you are younger than somebody else. So, it's true. It's true. so you, you are part of this. 
Um, and in, 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 in reality, um, this does not work without you, that we need everybody um, involved, no matter what your age is, um, that this is about, um, really, it's about all of us coming together as the body of Christ mm-hmm. um, and, and saying, like, we are here to train, we are here to teach, we are here to disciple, really, each other. But can we intentionally be discipling young people better? Um, and I, I think we can. I think we can. And, and that's what I want to get into. And before I do, I just, I was listening to a podcast and uh, just a, like a week ago, and they are interviewing this guy named John Tyson, and he's a, a very successful pastor in, in New York City, like in the city itself. Um, he set out several years ago to plant churches in New York and was ha- is having incredible success. Um, and he was a youth pastor when he got to New York. And when he got there, he was about 35 years old, and he's like, okay, I'm ready to plant a church. I'm going to be this lead pastor. I, I need young people. And he reached out to the 35-year-olds. He said, I need a lot of like 30 to 35-year-olds in my church, and we're going to grow this church. And he did, and it was successful. And they're interviewing him about this, and they're just talking about the success he has. But he, he kind of stops the interview. He's like, here's the problem, though. Um, had I known then what I know today, I would have reached out to all the 13-year-olds that I could find. And they're like, well, why? He said, because now, fast forward several years, the 13-year-olds then are running New York today. And it was just this aha moment. <laughs> That's shocking, right? Think about that. Like, as an adult, do you, do you know this? Um, this church may be your church home. You might have been here for years. But <laughs> do you know that you're on the way out? Like, have you ever thought about that? Like, you all are sort of on your way out. We're, we are all on our way out in the sense that we're, we're getting older, Right? And we cannot carry this place forever. Mm-hmm. And the way of things has been, well, we hold on to our leadership and hold on to our ownership of the local church until we can't hold it anymore, and then we pass it on to our teenagers. Isn't it interesting that Jesus begins with young people and says, no, you will build my church. That's interesting, right? Like we're, our job, as if you see yourself as an adult, is to give away the church. Our job is to give the church away, to give away all that we've learned as much as we can, and not simply to let those who are coming do what we did, but to believe that they will do greater things than we ever did. Yeah. Isn't that what Jesus said? Even Jesus says, you're going to do greater things than I ever did. Here's my Holy Spirit, breathe into these people, and miracles happen, right? So that's even a greater way of seeing your teenager will do greater things than you ever did in the church as you feed them everything that you've learned and then set them loose to do what God has called them and empowered them to do. Yeah. It was interesting. In in the LifeWay study, um, they they were also interviewing students, college students, who stayed in church. And they were asking them, why did you stay? Why are you still involved in the local church? And one of the top five answers um, was this. It was that an adult had direct... had a direct involvement in their life, that, that an adult from the local church d- was directly involved in their life, and that kept them going in uh, the church today. And so as we, as we transition now, I want to just talk about quickly how do we, how do, we do this? What are we going to do? As ACF Church, what is going to be like our discipleship model for teenagers? And it's, it's, it's much the same, and it's also much different. And so I want to talk about that um, and as I'm transitioning into that, I, I got a text yesterday, and this text just 
man, it was so God, it was so encouraging. Um, a mom was here on Wednesday night, heard us talking about this, and her son is involved with our Illuminate Kids program. And he is doing, you know, doing the, you know, the upfront stuff, leading worship, doing all this stuff, which is amazing. It's, again, it's a young person, but they're handing down their baton to faith to even a younger generation. Mm-hmm. And, and she, she, she messaged me and she said, hey, you know, I was just having this conversation with my son, and this is what he said to me. He said, I am so glad ACF Church lets me be involved in ministry here. It makes me feel like I'm actually a part of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, just, and that was so um, amazing and such a, just a confirmation from God to say, like, we need young people to understand you are involved here. So what does this look like for us? I want to just kind of walk through um, what our vision is to help our discipleship model that we want to go into to help disciple the, this next generation coming up. And step one is this. Step one is gather. Be a part of something bigger than yourself. And this is what we're saying to, to, to teenagers, to youth. Gather. Be a part of something. Now, for years we have been doing the youth group model where it's come, have your own service, do your own thing, and then kind of try to be part of um, big church. But what we're looking to do is an intergenerational model. We want to see generations mixing together. So we're actually going to stop doing our weekly youth group evenings. Um, which is a big shift and a big change. But we're, not, we're stopping them, but we're not going to just stop gathering and stop meeting. In fact, we're going to put more emphasis on gathering. And so the first thing we want to do is, if you're a young person, say, hey, gather. Make ACF your weekly meeting. And, and specifically, we're even saying, hey, make Wednesday night service your gathering place. With teenagers, of course, they want to hang out with teenagers. Um, that's, that's always been that way, and it's always going to be that way, that they want to gather together. And so what we're saying is, hey, make Wednesday night your service. We're all going to sit together. Let's overtake Wednesday night. Now, this doesn't mean we're changing Wednesday night service whatsoever, but what we're saying is like, hey, you are part of ACF Church, but let's all get together, hang out on Wednesday night. And in fact, one thing that we started doing this summer is I just said, hey, what if I, what if I just brought cheesy breadsticks over at Pizza Man after Wednesday night service? I wonder if people would show up and just open it up to anybody. And we're having upwards of 50 people show up on Wednesday night after church, just walking over, like, cheesy breadsticks, free? Yeah, I'm in, right? Um, it's not a lot of convincing, um, but what we're seeing is actually a beautiful thing. Um, we're seeing a family show up, adults, their kids. We're seeing um, adults show up, 20-somethings, youth, kids, all showing up over to Pizza Man, just sitting around a table, eating together, and just doing life, talking, having community together. And it's, they're hungry for it. We are hungry for it. Just real, honest community and, and it's been a beautiful thing. And so if you want to join us for that, man, come Wednesday night. Come over to Pizza Man. And if you're like, oh, I'm locked into Sunday morning. I work Wednesday night. Awesome. Show up at 830 to Pizza Man on Wednesday nights. We're going to be there hanging out, just doing community together. Also, when we say gather, we're not just going to cut out all, like, youth uh, meetings or events or something like that. What we actually want to move to is, is a once-a-month kind of night of worship here at ACF Church, going to be led by our, our, our youth worship team that we have that have been rocking it for, for over a year now. But what we're going to say is, hey, we're going to open this up to everybody. Like, what if once a month we all gather together just to worship God and to encourage each other? So good. To pray together. And now, this will it'll have, like, a bit of a youth flair to it. It might be a little louder than you're used to, you know? Um, you might come and be prayed for by a teenager, which is a beautiful thing, but... Uh, we're we're going to start doing this once a month. August 19th will be our first one. 
just to come together, worship, encourage each other, and pray for each other. And so we want to start doing this, we're going to start doing this monthly. That'll be part of the gathering. We will also continue to do fun events with teenagers, right? Renting out the Mac Center, Heidi King Crow Pass, doing all this stuff. We're still going to do these outreach type events um, and, and have a lot of fun doing them. But they're not going to be like, this is who we are. We are a youth group that does fun events. No, we are just a culture of ACF Church that reaches our young people um, together. And so as we do these things, it's like, hey, do you want to come and hang out? Be a part of that. Uh, The next thing that we're kind of telling to our young people is to go. That life is a mission, not a vacation. Go and be on mission. Maybe it means go and do urban mission together shoulder to shoulder with adults, that you're going to be on mission with them. We're also just working right now on, man, more opportunities and more ways as ACF Church to be on mission, just maybe in our cities, in our communities. And, and, and so how can we be on mission together? Even like our youth mission trips that we've done to Mexico every year, we're going, hey, those are no longer youth mission trips, these are ACF mission trips. If you're an adult, you want to go, be a part of that and go shoulder to shoulder with teenagers. And I'll tell you this, the adults that have gone on that trip they make incredible relationships with the teenagers. And some of the coolest things I've seen are those relationships that have been made and even years later that are still a tight bond between the young people and the adults when they go on mission together. Um, step three we're saying is serve. We are not consumers, we are contributors. We want to see our young people, we want to see teenagers and youth serving here at ACF Church alongside the adults. You know, serving in our first impressions or greeting team or parking team. And the cool thing is, is that this is already happening, but we're going to make it more of an emphasis of, for us. We have so many amazing teenagers running our production. You see them up here worshiping uh, week in and week out. And so we're seeing it happen. Like I said, with our Illuminate kids, there's so many teenagers serving over there. It's amazing to see. But we're going to make this an emphasis of, hey, don't just come and, 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 and consume, but contribute because you have so much to contribute. Uh, the next step that we have is give. We want teenagers to give. We lead the way in generosity. We need to learn this young. And it doesn't just mean like, oh, I don't have a job, so I can't give anything. Well, that's okay, right? I get it. I was 14 years old, no job. and like, oh, do I tithe? Mom, can I borrow money to tithe? <laughs> okay, I, I love the concept, but it's not your money. Um, but this idea that, man, as teenagers, you have something to give. You have talents. You have abilities. You have time to give here, and some of the most precious commodity that we have is time. And for, for young people to give um, their time away to maybe serve or maybe do other things in the, in the community. Um, but we're, we're, we're making an emphasis of discipleship on giving. And then finally, grow. That life is better together. And what, what we're trying to do, what, what we want to do here is we would love to see youth young people involved in the life groups of ACF Church. That, that testimony of Emma, what a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing that these adults are my friends. That uh, who do I want to spend my birthday with? With these amazing adults who have poured into my life. Mm-hmm. And so what we're asking is, um, for some of you guys have life groups that you would go, yeah, we're opening up. We, we, will, we want teenagers to be part of our life group. And not just that we can teach them the way, but that we could do life with them that maybe, just maybe, I could even learn something from them. And we also want to have age-appropriate life groups. We see that there's a need for that. And so, yeah, we, we're going to be developing adults who are going to open their homes for, you know, 12 to 15-year-olds. 
and that you're going to open your home for that. And, and we have, we have, I've been working with Pastor Stewart, and we definitely have like a criteria that we're working on and putting together to make this work as, as, as efficiently as possible and to help you guys too as you open up your home. But that we would do life together. I'm, I'm just curious real quick. Anybody that's like a Christian in the room, can any of you say that there was somebody who's an adult that was instrumental in you becoming and staying a believer in Jesus? Anybody just raise your hand? And, and how about raise your hand if that per, if you can think of an adult that was not your parent? It was not your parent, any of you? Okay, so, so you see that like we can all think of somebody who chose to do that for us. Mm-hmm. And, and here, I, I got an 11-year-old. I know I'm just getting into the journey of teenagers and, and having teenagers, but here's what I already know is that another adult's voice carries a different weight than my voice. Is that not true, parents? I know you guys are already preaching to me about what's coming. I get it. I get it. But I just know that that's the case. And so we need more than just our own voice in the lives of our teenagers. I love that. Yeah. So as we transition and grow in our vision and in the mission here to reach young, um, again, this is not like, oh, we've been doing it wrong this whole time. No, not at all. But the model has been the same pretty much since the 60s. And I think it's time that for us personally as ACF that we're saying it's time to do some adjustment to this Mm -hmm. and to look on how can we grow in how we disciple young people. And, um, And we need all of us together. This is, again, this is not, cannot be on the pastors. It's more than just even on the parents. It is as a, as a culture, as a community together. So what are we asking today? What are we asking you to do? First of all, I'm asking that every person in this room would pray. We'd be praying for a young person. We'd be praying for a generation being raised up right now. We, we, that this would be a burden on your heart. Number two, I'm also asking that you would learn a teenager's name here. That you would come to church and actively seek out a teenager. Right? And, and not your teenager. Right? Okay, if you have one. Like, <laughs> already check. Got it. <laughs> No, but that you would actually get to know one or two teenagers. Teenagers, what am I asking you to do? I'm asking that you would actually get to know some adults. Because you guys are scary. Right? You have no idea how terrifying it is to walk up to you and talk to you. Mm-hmm. But that you would actively seek out a relationship, just a conversation with an adult. Three, I'm also asking that you would maybe consider opening your home to a life group. Again, we have lots of criteria that we're working on to help you succeed as best as possible in that. And then four, that you would be involved, that you would come to things like our evening nights of worship at ACF, you know, that you'd show up to Pizza Man every once in a while, that you would see yourself as a key factor in some teenager's life in their discipleship, that you would see yourself as a key factor to that, that maybe you might be the one where 15, 20 years from now, someone raises their hand in church and goes, yeah, I had an adult. Mm. That would be you. I want to end, we're going to end now, just this verse, Psalm 71. This verse was really instrumental in me in, in, in becoming a youth pastor. And it's David, he's very uh, old. He, he's getting old in his years, and, and, and he's, it's before he dies, but not much before. And this is his cry. Listen to this, Psalm 71. Oh God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I proclaim your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, 
Do not forsake me, O God, until I proclaim your power to the next generation. You, your might to all who are to come. Did you hear the cry of David? God, don't let me die yet. God, don't forsake me. Don't leave me. I'm not ready to be done. I still have to proclaim your name to the next generation. Let that be the cry of our hearts today. Mm-hmm. Would you join me in prayer? God, I thank you. God, I thank you that you love us, each and every one of us, God. That your heart is for us, Lord, to know you. And God, that doesn't, what I love about that is it does not matter our age. God, Jesus, you are the one who broke the cultural barrier. You are the one who called the children to yourself. You are the one who who was leading the way in this. You are the one who chose teenagers, God, to establish your church. God, I pray that we would see it as our responsibility, God, to disciple an upcoming and already present generation. God, that that cry of David would be on our heart. God, don't leave us until we can proclaim your name to the next generation. And Lord, as we move forward with this, God, I just pray that you would continue to give us vision, continue to give us um, insight on how to disciple well. But God, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to personal relationships, personal testimony. God, I pray that we would be so bold as to walk into that. We love you, Jesus. And we ask for the ability to be able to do this through the power of your Holy Spirit. In your name we pray, amen.